0: cheers what are you, are you drinking that malice and mistletoe shit or something no else? man
1: this is uh this is scotch uh, so it's uh here i've got the bottle jura uh, seven, seven wood. wood interesting is nice. it good it's really good i got it for a christmas gift uh, from a colleague and it's it's really really good let me see that bottle again how much have you had since had christmas that's not bad no no this are is you like
2: this is like the third Let's one or something if that was me it'd be down <laughs> near the bottom probably are you working from home right now are you telecommuting or are you
1: no man i have to go in Same. yeah so um okay i'm, I'm the manager of a bank and so uh we're open uh and we're helping customers so i mm. got but it's crazy dude i'm like you know without getting too into the weeds or, or talking too much about what's you know internal and and violating hipaa and all that i mean we've had to deal with a lot of quarantine type stuff um that Mm -hmm. has really really challenged us so
0: Yep. hey this is fucking nate davis by the way (laughs) nate is a screenwriter producer on our film cactus jack which if you stick around you can see a trailer at the end of this go to www.cactusjackfilm.com see information on pre-ordering the virtual premiere we're going to have and all that shit, blah, 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 blah. It releases in like 10 fucking days. Nate, we just did your show. Nate has a show called Re-Entry. You want to tell people what that's about?
1: Yeah, so uh, Re-Entry is a screenwriting uh, show on YouTube. Um, I was kind of in the whole screenwriting game back in 2012 to 2014. I had a manager. I had a pretty big option, some things in development um and everything just got kind of torpedoed for various reasons i got super frustrated by the business um got annoyed by hollywood in general and walked away I'll drink to Did that. A graphic novel wrote a bunch of short stories and just kind of lived life um, but i decided i wanted to get back into it last year i think 2020 just kind of um set my priorities straight and made me realize i still really want to make movies so I I started a series documenting myself writing a brand new script, uh, interviewing people along the way who uh, really know their shit when it comes to screenwriting, uh, just on every step of the process. And it's been pretty cool. So uh, we just did episode 18. He's had amazing
0: guests, dudes like Malcolm Spellman, who's like the showrunner on Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out on fucking Disney Plus. He worked on Empire. Malcolm's a beast. He's awesome. Who else? You've had... The of brothers who have blood of yeah, zeus Parlo on Pineda netflix the guys
1: yeah. who wrote um, uh, we
0: mean, you've been fucking. we're slumming it here with you <laughs> <laughs>
1: last week was uh christy lowry who um so she's got a Several she's shows. the executive story editor on um fbi which is coming out uh or yeah it's it's about to come out uh on cbs and uh, yeah, dude, it's been it's been super cool. Um, I've been really grateful for everybody's time, and I've been learning something from every single episode. Um, and hopefully, other people are too. Totally. Now,
0: we do a couple versions of this show. There's just hard out, which is just fucking mayhem for 60 minutes, ticking time bomb. We talk about anything, which this can be. We also do a version called My Favorite Movie, where we ask someone what their all-time favorite movie is, or at least. You know, help them narrow down picking one of the more interesting picks. If they have like three, they can't pick. You, like us, because that's a running joke of this whole thing, can't fucking pick a favorite movie.
1: No way. Like I, but I, just I think thought it's it'd be crazy. interesting
0: if by the end of this episode we we corner you into picking something let's talk about your favorite movies like what what would be in the running
1: i mean what i can tell you is that so you did um when you were doing this i mean one of the ones that's definitely at the top is just lord of the rings and i think of all three as as one movie um because they were done that way right like they didn't make the first one to see if it would be commercially successful and then make the second one they did it you know as one project um and we actually just finished last night watching um, all the way through Return of the King with our kids, which was really fun um, because we've seen those movies tons of times um, and we quote them all the time and things like that or just around the house. So it was kind of fun with the kids to watch those things and see them picking up on you know, the different quotes uh, that they're used to hearing from us. And it, so it was super cool. And just also talk about like different storytelling elements that are used there. There was actually one thing Um. so how, have you seen those enough where if I'm referencing stuff it's familiar to you? Maybe. I think I've only seen them all once. Okay. Parts well, of... do you remember the Kraken like, uh, you know, up on a mountainside that comes out of the water? No. Okay. I mean, yeah,
0: no. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll try and just give you, uh, I'll, I'll try and explain it, but oh, basically, yeah. so, you know, the whole fellowship of the ring is about to go, uh, into, um, Into a mountain and uh, through a secret dwarven door. And so they're getting there trying to figure out this riddle of how to get inside. And um, one of them disturbs the water. And all of a sudden, just as they manage to open this door, this giant tentacle, you know, whips out and uh, wraps itself, I think around Frodo. Um, And so, you know, it's super scary. um, And they manage to chop the tentacle off just before it drags them underwater. And then they go back toward the door. And then all of a sudden, like eight tentacles explode out with the Kraken. Um, <laughs> and moment I thought it was, sure. a, it was a really great way to explain um, that storytelling device to my kids, I thought. Like, so, I you know, I, I do this all the time with them. I think they find it super annoying, but I'll just pause a movie and, like, explain, like, you know, the intent behind the <laughs> well, that's you know, like me with rated cat with goes my kid, so, you know. Yeah, um, you know, thankfully they don't hate it too much. But, you know, just kind of the idea of, like you start with that one tentacle and it's already like shit hitting the fan. And then like, they solve that. And then all eight, tentacles There's like eight of them and, frying
0: pan into the fire. Know, essentially. Right.
1: And then, you know, and then a few minutes later, after I'd explained that, like, there was another thing where um, I think it was, you know, they're, they're inside of uh, the minds of Moria now. And um, they get into this room where there was this, old battle with a d- bunch of dead orcs and dwarves around and things like that and there's this corpse sitting up on the edge of this well does this sound familiar to you no i'm
0: gonna have to watch these again because that ryan mulaney dude wanted to come on and talk about them but uh feel As free to favorite come on movie? That. yeah okay but, uh, anyway. but i was like do we make him pick one or do you do all three but anyway, what are you saying it's, about the it's corpse? One then? Project. I yeah. think
1: you project. I think you can call it one. But anyway. Right. That's yeah. just
0: a big demand because we do watch these again before we get into them. So oh, that like, is
1: a big demand. Right. So we got to watch. And then yeah, and they're long. Version, they're which long, I do want to do. Like, yeah.
2: So, especially hearing. I want to hear more about the details that you're getting into. So definitely exactly. continue because uh, I think that's maybe I need that extra appreciation of those particular so, like, things to
1: watch they get into this so so to set this up for you like it's like Gimli's family the dwarf uh, like his family is from here right like he's got some sort of like royal connection and shit um and so they get he's all excited to show everybody his home they get in there and everybody's been slaughtered and there's like dead dwarves and orcs everywhere and they've been there for years um just their bodies rotting and they get into this kind of main central hall and there's a tomb there and there's clearly been a massive battle inside. And there's this guy holding like a pages of a book that he was journaling in. And you see that like he basically died and like his you know the writing goes off the page. Um, and so Gandalf starts reading from the book and he starts reading about like this like huge, loud drumming throughout the caverns that was coming for them. And so as he's reading this, um, one of the it. hobbits, Mary, like accidentally bumps into this corpse. And knocks its head off and it falls down the well hits a well bucket and knocks that down the well way into the caverns and like you're just like oh shit because it's super loud and you don't know what's in this place right and so everybody looks up and they're like what the fuck did you do and then the entire body with all its armors and its sword and stuff falls in after it way louder and then you start hearing the drumming coming so it's just like again, like another moment, like that Kraken moment right afterward, was just made for this great work. Set up punch and payoff. explaining off. Yeah. like to my kids, like just yeah. I mean, so and honestly, like as I'm writing this new draft of my own script, I was like, where can I do that same type of thing to just kind of elevate what I'm working on? So I think
0: well, Chris and I we spoke in your episode that we just finished up. How we were crazy when we had kids, like we have G.I. Joe's buried in the Philippines because when we killed them in a story we were playing out. I think that's always been our major gripe. With the lord of the ring to speak for myself but i think chris as well is that yeah, you always know that the kraken's not going to really pull him into and kill him mm, okay whatever. Yeah. I, I just yeah. never feel like the stakes are truly there because everyone's going to come out all right and then of course at the end near the end they will kill somebody off once in a while but yeah, i really killed just a want few that...
1: main characters yeah. off like you know sean bean died in that one just like yeah. everything yeah
0: i was gonna yeah. say game of thrones sean bean typecast do it right up front with someone we really care about and give a yeah. shit about then i'm like oh man 'Cause that's it's kind of an ensemble and you
2: have that luxury, but this is something you could blame Tolkien for, honestly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, fun. I read the books back then and I remember there being just moments and I was just like, What the fuck was he on? <laughs> like uh the guy Dude. busting through <laughs> the wall, Jim Slade style and reading and just saying poetry <laughs> and shit.
1: And just, it's uh, funny it's that really we're hard talking hard. about this this wasn't oh, right. planned at all yeah, exactly. um but because i thought we weren't going to talk about this because i told jay i didn't have a favorite fucking movie right oh, uh, I think we but uh, movie so we're reading lord of the rings right now and um we are like what what we're doing with like a few nerdy family members of ours is we're doing this like lord of the rings bible study <laughs> oh, where we're treating shit, it like yeah. a fucking bible um and like we're like a approach- to pick a sc- so like every chapter we're approaching with like a theme and it's fucking crazy so like megan my wife had this idea um oh, because she was listening to this one this podcast where they do it with harry potter i was gonna say and- you should do
2: this on a podcast
1: yeah right and sure. uh so anyway like you just pick a random theme right so we picked like endings for the sh- for chapter one um and like you read through it and you're like oh fuck it's called bag end oh wait weird back end sounds like the word begin and it to, just starts it's going like there. a room
2: like, 237 for the shining or whatever that shit is yeah oh, man and, it right. and and like
1: yeah. it's crazy <laughs> like when you start approaching it like like pretending like it's a sacred text uh, how easy it is to read into it whatever you want and having and been it, like a former christian who actually did bible studies and stuff I actually wanted to you,
0: dig into so, that at some point on this yeah well, but we can like, yeah
1: But like, I used to do the same thing back then. Right. Like, I mean, like I used to read the Bible that way. And, and you would like kind Mm -hmm. of read, like trying to get answers on whatever the fuck is wrong in your life. Yeah, exactly. And, and you always found the answers. Interesting. You know, and it's interesting you're feeling that with
2: just a work
0: of fiction, let alone the pressure when everyone's telling you this is a true holy book. Of course you're going to buy in
1: when you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's so fascinating for me to be doing that that way. And it's really, it's fun and nerdy and shit, but like, Yeah. yeah, man, it's crazy. Well, I'm just so what proud the, of your family
0: my, of trading the Bible for
2: fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. Uh, One sure. of my early experiences um, starting to write like in prose form was in school in the Philippines. Um, I think I must have been a freshman in high school. And every, I think it was every day or maybe it was once a week. The I think it was, this was just the English teacher would write a quote on the blackboard. And we had to write a story based on that quote, whatever it was. A prompt. And most people, you know, would just do very like random stories and, you know, things about their life or what have you. But I just from day one made it a like fantasy story of this group sort of Lord of the Rings, like group of adventurers. And from there through the whole like class every week, it was the same group. And every prompt you applied to this story. It became a serial, you know, and he mentioned Lord of the Rings to me. And I kind of had a vague awareness of it, but that's what got me first to really like pay attention to it. Um, because it was in that vein. I knew all that from, from D&D and shit, from role-playing yeah. I mean, games. That's where I got it D&D from. D&D
1: and like Dragonlance and shit like that, right? Yeah. Dude, yeah, we tried to pitch Dragonlance to
2: Hasbro. So. That fucking went nowhere. I can't nowhere.
1: believe Dragonlance hasn't become like a major... Dragonlance is
2: messy. The rights I mean, I are all just... fucked up. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. They just had a big lawsuit about a, another like, group of books that were going to be written by this the same authors, Heise and Wickman, I think it is. Um yeah, I mean, but they um yeah they they are missing a big opportunity because i know people who aren't even like weren't role-playing gamers and stuff but just knew the books like had read the books and liked them and stuff you know like Dude, it's, over it's, 50 million copies of those audience. books are sold in like a hundred and something languages
1: yeah they were fun i mean i didn't i wasn't like a massive fan of them but i probably read i don't know four or five of them to me it's a Jesus more dynamic
0: though? version it's, it's more star wars meets lord of the rings mm-hmm. it's yeah. got oh, totally. a lot of yeah, that's star a great wars motley is. crew of you know um different races come together so it's a lot of cool racial yeah shit in it yeah. i mean it's fucking it had a bit more edge oh, it is crazy we um, tried to pitch hasbro and they were just like man the rights are a mess and fucking uh that joe mangi dude you know what i'm talking about like that big muscle-bound dude married to uh, vera or what's her name that fucking mexican chick She's like 40, but hot. What's her name? The one from a uh, family... I don't know modern, modern, modern Family. Modern Family.
2: Sophia Vergara. Yes.
0: The dude who's married to her yes. was like in Magic Mike. He's like this muscle-bound fucking dude. Okay. But he's a big D&D guy, and I think they do like a
2: weekly game. Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with that. Vin Diesel and all these motherfuckers right. in Hollywood. Um, Tom Morello and shit, right? From yes. Age Against the Machine, exactly. the guitarist. <laughs> Which would be a hilarious D&D group. You're crazy. And yeah, Vince Vaughn. Awesome. and uh, yeah. Yes, Vince Vaughn stops in. <laughs>
1: Dude, but, did I uh, tell you that we're doing D and D with our kids right
0: now? No, nah. are you? That's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait yeah, till my... Q's old enough, and I need Chris to fucking move back here just, so we can really it's, tag team. It's as really
1: us. hard with my daughter. She's seven. Um, it's it's super challenging. Like yeah, he's turned my, seven. My dad is, because uh, like he did this with me when I was a kid, so he's like the DM. Um, oh nice. And like we're doing it over Zoom because of COVID. Mm-hmm. and it's, it's awesome it's not easy but it's really fun man record yeah, you shit. should i want to see this <laughs> shit yeah we should record that that'll be the next episode of hard out
0: totally chris nice. and i've talked a lot about doing one but it's such a commitment and fuck it's hard um but i do miss it man do you have any maybe because you're all with family or whatever but do you ever have that whole weird the performative nature of role-playing games you feel kind of weird and corny and shit like
1: oh yeah absolutely that's a whole part of it right but i think like it's really easy yeah like with so like it's my dad and my kids so like i don't i mean whatever like it's not um, supposed to be taken
0: so seriously i
1: think you like if you really want to dive like way into the role playing you a have to be with people who are all game for that yes, and then b have to have a certain comfort level with them right like so that's not an easy thing to find i don't think i ever well that's not true but I don't know I never had like a really long running D &D game as an adult like I've tried it a few times and none of them have gone more than like it's
2: just weird and then you got wives who are like what the fuck are you doing like we did we did like when I was in my early 20s and shit me and some friends and Jay was part of some of them um, that were pretty epic man I mean they were like Game of Thrones level type you know storytelling and stuff with lots of twists and turns and I mean when it's being guided by individuals again like as Jay and I were just saying before in the other podcast about the characters driving the writing like it really is just about motivations of various actors so to speak not you know in in the sense of being operatives in the story with that they're driving the action I mean with this the like, I used to usually be the DM, so I had to keep up with just, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want in this world. It's, it's not like a video game where there's, like, even if it's a sandbox, right, yes. it's still, you know, you can't pre-programmed. can go past that mountain, you know. This is, like, you can do anything the fuck you want, literally, you know, w- at least attempt anything you want. I haven't done um, this shit in ages, part of cause, partly because of that self-awareness
0: yeah. issue and how weird it is and, like you said, finding the right people and all that. But I think it's one of those things, this creative interplay, this role-playing – that you can hit that rare. We talked about the flow state in the episode of reentry we did. That weird group flow state of like a jam mm-hmm. band or a yeah, you're, team, like you said, you're all the basketball team you know. that's just effortlessly. And that moving is harder, and
2: harder to access. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, you, but that's even crazier when you hit a group flow state playing D anD D, or everything's just popping mm-hmm. and motherfuckers are making savings throws and <laughs> <Yes. it's> fun <laughs> as hell, dude. <laughs>
2: roll of the dice is. i mean we used to play in the philippines i remember specifically i used to play sometimes just like we'd be just like roaming around the neighborhood playing a game a role playing game with just one other or two other people without dice or anything it would just oh, yeah. be like we people and we're like yeah okay i had to try this and it's sort of like you know Jay and I are doing this side show where we um, are putting pitting alien races against each other with a couple other guests. Um, and that is all going to be determined by us just hashing out who's, you know, more like you used to do as kids when you talked about, yeah, like, dude, do you think Boy alien Heroes could be predator? You know, that yeah, kind of shit. just like, well, nice. so he has claws and this one has, you know, <laughs> like, and where are they fighting and all this kind of shit. Uh, where, you didn't even need the dice, but I will say the dice are fun as fuck. Like when you roll and you get that fucking 20 or yeah, something, and
1: That's like, oh, shit. The you know, dice no, are key, The random dude. element is great. You know, I know that uh, the dice are fun as fuck, Like, and this, this just sells it. That's when my seven-year-old's engaged. Like if yes. she can roll dice, she is psyched. <laughs> well, like, Chris sent me like, a set
0: and q got his hands on them like holy shit and they're nice like better than we ever had as kids they're like heavy metal fucking nice. they got some weight to them and he got me this fucking dude i might have this thing right over here it's like a like a leather thing you throw them in and shit you know what i mean so they don't go off the table or whatever like it looks like tanning skins or whatever, you know what i'm saying
1: that's awesome like a
0: dice tray like i guess a tray, yeah a tray, I and uh man for like a week he was just rolling this fucking i'm gonna roll tray. i got a 19 and shit like yeah man <laughs> It definitely engages them. They
1: love the dice, like, for sure. Like, you know, like, she just, she loses her train of thought very quickly when, you know my dad is trying to like explain mm-hmm. something that's going on or explain explaining a room which by the way is wicked hard over zoom where i'm finding like trying to like figure out the mapping of everything mm-hmm. that's a challenge um, do you have
0: to map because we used to do that too i remember chris yeah, was I, four years
1: older he was especially the for them like i have to draw out like a map so they can kind of have this visual because like he can't pass anything through graph you know? paper
2: so, old school graph paper yep yeah when so. i first got into it as a kid back in maryland you know near dc we you know it's probably like no, you know eight or ten years old somewhere in that range i remember that being one of the first things i fell in love with was drawing maps
1: on graph paper dude
2: Just oh yeah well, up with the...
1: you know what? It's, that reminds me of like, one, mean, a video like game one memory that i really love with my dad when when i was a little kid uh on nes there was this game called Swords and Serpents. And up like familiar. and my dad had took out some graph paper cuz he just knew how to do that. And it was just basically like a, a D&D game. You're fi- working through this like underground labyrinth. There's like 17 levels or something. And it's a maze, but it doesn't tell you to, you know, map it out or anything. Mm-hmm. He did he knew to do that right away. Nice. And so we were mapping it out from the very start and just dungeon crawls, this thing man. together. Dungeon it was crawls. awesome. It was a great, yeah. great time. Did
0: you ever play those Which, Baldur's Gate games on like PS2 when they first came out? Those are fun as shit. No. It's pure just dungeon I never crawl. had a PS2.
1: Um, there was like this, this long period of time where I didn't really have much for... Um, video games at
0: all like productive bastard
1: (laughs) well yeah well actually yeah right like so it's like you know you got the day job and stuff like that and if you actually want to write or anything video games really take away from that um so you know now we have a wii u because that's a fun way to spend time with the kids and stuff like love my super smash and mario kart sessions with those guys um that's a blast but like you know for stuff for me like as much as i think video games are amazing, like. I did get zelda breath of the wild which and spent that's like too, an
0: open world sandbox dude, zelda it's game, amazing
1: right? it's so that's good sick. but i i wasted so many hours on that and then like <laughs> i was so saying? pissed honestly but also like really grateful my son was like hey can i play this and i'm like sure I didn't realize that you can only have one running game on that mm-hmm. at any one time. And he erased my like 70 hours oh, that I'd put me. into it. Yeah, and I was ow. just like, you so know what? Beat that him was, senseless. was good. That was really good that that happened. I'm so yeah, pissed right now, right. but that it was just... great. Like, cause mm-hmm. there's no way I'm repeating that, you know, it is right. done. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Just cut there you can't off. be a
0: time. So like, man, our kid, Chris just got him a switch for fucking Christmas. What an uncle, right? Um, and already, I mean, he's already been video game addicted, but he's fucking good at it. And he jumps around the whole time he plays, so he's like getting a sick cardio workout. He's playing <laughs> Mario like jumping, dude. I think I saw time. a video of him doing that. It's amazing, dude. So I'm kind of like, all right, he's getting hand eye coordination. He's getting some problem solving. He's jumping around. What the fuck's the problem? I mean, right? But, it's a
2: career in and of itself nowadays with esports and just video game development. But the problem is, like, I'm it's all for the machines taking dude. over. the... Li- yeah that that's is the, the problem issue. that's
0: all he wants well, to do so i want to get him honestly i think video games cool and they do a lot of good motor skills and tactile shit like that but what yeah. you're doing with the role playing with your kids engaging their imagination Getting them to see things that are only described mm. through words—that's really
1: problem-solving. Yeah, setting
2: you up for the rest of your life.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm setting them up for a life of hell as they try and become artists, <laughs> screenwriters. Oh no shit! You better, uh, yeah. yeah, what,
2: what are like, you doing? It's child
1: so, abuse. You no, my daughter wrote diagramming
0: like, sentences with them. You <laughs> piece of
2: shit, dude. My doing?
1: daughter wrote like a twenty-one hundred word short story yeah. in December. She's fucking Insane. seven. Like. It's insane. Like I didn't have anything to do with it. She just told me, "Hey, my story's done," and I'm like, "She's written more than me lately." (laughs) Oh shit, that's crazy.
0: (laughs) That's what's her story about?
1: Uh, It's called the Life of Friends, and it's like like a Secret Life of Pets Um, ripoff. But uh, you know, it's it's awesome. Like it's so cool. You know, it's just uh, she's and and she really like turns a phrase pretty well. But they both read a lot, you know. So,
0: do you remember um, the first thing you ever wrote?
1: Do I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I remember, so I wrote um, in third grade, I put together this uh, book. It was definitely like a D&D inspired thing. Um, <laughs> in third grade, I put together something called The Wish Kids about these, like, two brothers who find these stones that come together and then they can just, like, wish for anything ma- or, like, any magic that they want, right? Wish-bringer, dude. Um, Remember that? And, huh. and yeah. like, so I, I wrote and illustrated the entire thing, Fucking submitted it to artist. a contest, didn't do anything, but then two years later, I actually did win that contest, so. With what? Uh, that was a Gary Paulson hatchet ripoff off called uh, Grand Prizes Aren't Always That Grand so there you go in
0: fifth grade then two years later yep so that's awesome man i did not i don't think i even realized that writing was possible or a thing even though i was way ahead of my reading level and all that shit as a kid but
2: i didn't write make them ups we make comic books that's what
0: there you go
1: yeah
2: i mean that's that's writing dude and and again just like you know playing with our toys and shit we'd come up with
1: all these storylines and stuff but it wasn't it it was the
0: pros didn't fuck with pros till
2: college maybe
1: well here's here's the funny thing so well, high
2: school i wrote a whole thing well, based on my friends movie. i turned all my friends into it was a comedic sort of like monty python-esque That's D, cool, though. Though. Fucking epic with turning all my friends in school into characters in this That's awesome. Shit. I don't know what happened to it. I got to figure out where that shit is. I was.
0: remember you had notebooks, like three ring yeah. grinders full of that <laughs> shit, handwritten with pictures of shit. It was amazing. Yeah, it was fucking bad. I, I wonder if mom has place. that shit. Probably not. We probably lost it in Orlando Soup Kitchen. It's probably in Massachusetts yep. landfill somewhere.
2: Go. Or an ex-girlfriend's basement or something. Ah, true.
1: Frickin yeah, I don't know. I think I actually still have um that like print out not of the wish kids but if grand prizes aren't always that grand i think nice. that is buried in a box somewhere in the basement did you ever hear that, that, that like game wish bringer
0: all right <laughs> um i don't know you're not as old as us but no, we we're I'm old 36 enough. so our stepdad came to the picture i was probably like five or six six or seven i don't know somewhere around there but he was an it or a tech guy in the air force so yep. he had Commodore sixty fours, Vic twenties, all early computing shit, home computer stuff, and they used to have these games, these text only games. Do you remember any of those? There was one called Wishbringer.
1: Oh, you know what? That I made remember. Me what think of your really like wish kids. Work. Yeah, we had a computer early because that was something that my parents, to their credit, like, just real felt like was gonna be a thing, and uh-huh. they had i don't know about wishbringer but we had this one game that was like this outdoor survival game um where it was text only but like it would have you you know i think you were like a pilot that got stranded somewhere in the middle and you had to like make all these decisions yeah so
0: now nice we know but, a mutual Facebook friend who does the click your poison books. Yeah. Games, yeah. Right?
2: yeah. Choose your own adventure, right?
0: Choose your own adventure. That's kinda of what those are. Sort yeah. of. But it has totally. programming in it, so you can't, you know, uh-huh. same with the books, sure. you can't choose the digital you know, version. It's a great point. Uh, your yeah. own adventure, but you're choosing whatever options they give you. But uh have you thought about dabbling in that at all? Because that's
1: I feel like that could take off, but uh dude i don't have time to dabble in anything more than i'm already dabble in parenthood i am so maxed out (laughs) i'm so maxed out right now the rest i'm committed
0: to parenthood dabbling
1: but dude i always have been like that that has like described my life has been dabbling like i mean (laughs) i have been into so many things and gone hard into them for like two years but
0: if you were a dc villain fighting batman you'd be the dabbler
1: That'd be the dabbler. I think it's a good name. <laughs> well, a yeah. Terrible
0: villain, like the worst villain ever. The dabbler. Uh, yeah. What would I my costume it. be like? It was just using some just dabbling in crime.
1: Normally, what was that, night? It would. Just, I said. I said my uh, costume would be like this, just amalgamation of all this random shit. But the yeah, one through right. line through all of the dabbling, the there's been a lot of it. Uh, the, the one through line ball. has been writing, and then like I've been with my wife since we were 16, and that's that's it. Other than that, like uh, pretty much bad, everything in my life changes every year. So how does she deal with that? I don't know. We both changed so much since then. Like I can't believe that we're still like happily together, but somehow it's worked out, um, and it's awesome.
2: So real so. quick, rattle off the other movies you would list beyond Lord of the Rings as your favorite. All right,
1: movie uh, Fight Club's high titles. up there. You Fight Club's Club definitely high Avery. up there. Yep. Um, dude, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm just going to think of like I've never been one who's made like a list of that stuff. You well, know? here's so the thing everything.
0: though: there's movies that are objectively the shit. Yeah, Fight Club's the shit. Mm -hmm. what are just some movies Uh, that to you that most people wouldn't it's just going to
1: be more recent i bet um so like whiplash is something that's been on my mind a lot lately i just i absolutely love that movie so much um uh let's see the departed is like that, but that feels recent too. And I guess that's not recent anymore. Is it? That's okay. Dude,
0: somebody just posted a Nick Clement, dude, that we did our Goodfellas episode with. He just posted today, something about the first pirates of the Caribbean movie came out. Like I love 18 that movie. years ago.
1: I love that movie. Oh that's the pirates of the Caribbean like, movies are almost 20 fucking years old. Dude. That's nuts. If you made me like put together a top 25 guaranteed pirates of the Caribbean being be in there. I think that's one of the best adventure movies of all time.
0: To shiny so. depth Slade. Have you showed that to your kids?
1: Uh, yes but i just asked him the other day and neither of them remembers it so it's going to happen in the next few weeks for sure the so wife has been super
0: one. protective with Q of what he watches like i said i grew up watching by the time i was his age i would seen every nightmare on elm street movie yeah i know you tell me that it's, it's like it's fucking... hilarious
1: to me um we're like it's weird like i think i actually like this so i i'm less protective than my wife is but but she's pretty loose about it as well i think you know like so like my son who's 10 has seen a few r movies at this point like stuff that i would consider to be more tame like i don't know terminator and stuff and we let him watch die hard around christmas this year and uh have you had to
0: watch a movie with him yet where a female nipple makes an appearance
1: uh yeah die hard oh my (laughs) god about that you know is there oh is there yeah it's like really fast you know so i didn't say anything um you know, just kind do of you remember that mind. when
0: you were a kid though like 11 or something I mean, that, that was weird with us watching yeah, those movies Where it's like, <laughs> like 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 now maybe they'll like look looking... at their ipad or something for a second but yeah. back then when it I'm... was nothing you just start petting the dog and shit with looking out the corner of your eye at some titties or something <laughs>
1: yeah no i told him <laughs> it, it's an awkward thing you know and there'll be more of that to come i'm sure but uh yeah i mean What's what I think is cool, and again, like I think it, it, it's usually more her that that pulls back on what, what they watch, but it's it, it has nothing to do with rating and more just like the content, right? So like we haven't let our son see The Dark Knight yet because like there are just so many yes. intense dark themes that, that go throughout that, and like I think I'd be okay with him seeing it at this point, but I absolutely respect that, like because like there's some fucked up characters in that movie. Oh you know? yeah, just so, philosophically,
0: it's like very I totally. Just-
1: you know, and that's, that's it's easy to see the
0: appeal right? of the Joker, uh, Chris yeah. Butch, right? Mm-hmm. The famous story with our dad Butch. Um, when we went to finally meet him, I mean, you've heard this story before, right? How our twin sisters found us because when he ran out on us, he went and made these twin daughters, and then he ran out on them, and they found us on Facebook, and we went to meet him years it's later. Years
1: it's the that later. is the
0: craziest story. I can't believe that's a real story. It... <laughs> we actually started, or we were talking for a while about writing a script called Finding Butch. That is basically I remember you saying the that. Seth Rogen version of this. Like, what if this shit really happened? But all the stories he told about being in the CIA and a bounty hunter and all that shit were true, and then we go to you know it just gets crazy like Pineapple Express or something. Dude. But anyway, when we went to meet him, he had we watched Django Unchained with him, which was fucking amazing. <laughs> that's and awesome. He had this back shitty room with like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of DVDs in it. And we're like, that's fucking crazy that. We could have had this thing. We bonded over movies, but you skipped out, but you love movies. We're fucking making movies. Movies raised us. You know, Harrison Ford raised me. You didn't and shit. So, um, and we asked him though, like, wow, you have a lot of superhero movies. You don't seem like the kind of dude to would be into spandex heroes and shit. And do you want to tell him, Chris, what he said? His fucking... Yeah, we well, we did, really.
2: yeah, sorry. I had to let the cat out. He's <laughs> wants <laughs> to get some sun. Um but yeah, he we asked him what the appeal of all these superhero type movies were for him and he said, "Well, take the Joker." You know the Joker? He he wants to do bad, but you know it ain't right you know but like the whole thrust he was giving it i don't remember exactly how he said it but was that it was all the villains he, he identified, identified with, with yeah. right the villains who you know struggled with their dark side you know
0: so the problem yeah, i'm but, saying is showing your kid the dark knight yeah i can see a
2: kid seeing the logic and what the joker's saying and you know what yeah. i mean like when people get sort of radicalized by behaviors or ideas but on the other hand you could argue that maybe being exposed to it is a way to process it you know that's the fear i
0: I know that's the catharsis of movies and then we have conversations that's why i started rated q with q it's like let's literally sit down and talk about these movies what was this movie about what do you think it was trying to say to you you know and learn to understand the difference between fact and fiction and why we tell stories and I think that's how awesome. they impact us and man we fell away from it because i got so busy with jack but we're gonna start kicking it off again soon Dude,
1: that that series is great and you should definitely it keep is. up with it um yeah so i watched i watched whiplash the most with my son of anything we do what's that yeah, whiplash whiplash <laughs> is a great one to yes. talk to your kid about so i watched whiplash in the Sun and that like you know as we're watching i'm like mm, man this was like an edgy decision for sure right because it's like you know um I mean, that character, uh, the the teacher got him drawing a blank on his name right now. But uh,
0: J.K. Simmons, bitch. Yeah, yes.
1: dude. Well, first of all, like, unbelievable actor and unbelievable performance. I mean, he, we he absolutely We him slated. for Revenger
2: uh, to play the role and Revenger. Well, but Mechanicsville, uh, like, when we rewrote oh, Mechanicsville. Oh, Mechanicsville. That's right. It was Mechanicsville. The guys who
0: optioned Mechanicsville after we rewrote it were some right, dudes right, right. who worked for him. And he was like our dream cast for the bad guy in it, Stamper so jk simmons is fucking yeah old, yeah, yeah.
1: So. yeah you know but i mean anyway it was so it's just a couple it was it created all these cool conversations with my son right and again like as i said i I like would pause it after he'd drop an f-bomb but like the other f-bomb um and like and be like all right so let's talk about this you know um or you know and and there were a lot of conversations about like talking about how like people are just people like they're not necessarily good or evil. Like they're driven by different things. And like, so this guy, like he's a giant asshole, but also like, you know, it's coming from this place where he wants to achieve something great and help somebody else be somebody great. And like two things can be true at the same time. And so all those conversations were just, I thought they were super cool to have, you know, we
0: just talked about that with nurse ratchet in cuckoo's nest. Is she truly evil or is she think this is the best way to treat these fucking freaks. Right. You know what I mean? And these are the kind of films we should be watching with kids because when you watch only the Pixar movies, all you get is the same platitudinal themes almost every Pixar time. Pixar
1: movies they're are so good. They're so, good. They're I love killer. The Pixar movies. A good mix,
0: man. That's probably Soul? exactly what you need It's amazing. But they're platitudinal and they kind of tell you the shit you already even know. Right. The kids even sure. know, we need teamwork to get along, we need to fucking you know, face our fears, all that kind of shit. But these other these more grown-up movies like this to me is a soft launch into adulthood that you can watch a movie that deals with some of this more adult shit that's a and, cool
1: way to put it jay i like that like a soft launch into adulthood yeah,
0: that's that's i'm actually, trying to explain it to my wife it's not working I think that's cool
1: <laughs> no i mean i i have no complaints like i mean just because like i'm, I'm slightly more loose than my wife would be i mean i really yeah. think, um I, I think that we're pretty good partners in the whole thing to mm-hmm, be honest for sure
2: so, it's an interesting discussion nonetheless though yeah. As far as... Have like, you ever checked you out... Want, a, oh, go ahead. You want them to uh, to sort of have this sugar-coated view of the world and then suddenly get plunged into, they go, they take the wrong turn on the internet or some kid at school, you know, exposes them to something, you know, bad. Like, don't, you kind of want to prepare them or did... I know it's a, it's that's the big question. Do you prolong that as long as you can or do you... Yeah, I mean, you've never been super
1: protective. Like, I don't know. I just... Well, think of breakfast keeps-
2: club growing up bender was my
0: fucking idol do you want bender to be your kid's idol probably not being bad feels pretty good don't it that kind of shit you know what i'm saying that's but at the same right. time i right, do exactly. that's a massive struggle with me all my heroes are fun. like scumbags and Bukowski's and Artie langs and shit and i'm like am i gonna just raise him to think captain america's the guy fuck captain america he's boring as shit you know what i mean the guy does the right thing every time and shit no, it's like
1: got to talk to your kids and like and have that's, that's all it is and, That's what and it create, is. you got to create opportunities for independence too like um and that all that stuff is super important like you know like i mean thankfully we li- you know and i will absolutely throw out there this is a privileged thing but like we live in an area where we're okay letting our kids walk to school when it's not fucking mm-hmm. covid um you know we live a quarter mile from their school and although i think a lot of other people are uncomfortable with that type of thing we started letting them walk to school. That's hard, um, man. You know, when they were like eight and a half and six. Um, and <sighs> as soon as we did it, we noticed all these other kids in the neighborhood had started walking to school, too. And I think that, like, people just need, like, there were other parents they who were, like, that. wanted to do that, too. Mm-hmm. But it's scary because, A, you're scared for your kids a little bit, right? But also, I think there's this fear of being fucking judged, right? Like, and. Mm. Um, like noticed. being the bad parent and right. ultimately like we let the importance of letting our kids have a little bit of independence win over that, you know, and like, not well, it's counterintuitive say,
0: like, though. Cause there are massive studies and I've read so much shit. That's like, you gotta let your kids roam free yeah like, dude a fucking 13 year old girl just got shot and killed like a few blocks from my house i'm in milwaukee fuck that when i'm back dude, in the burbs I mean, again like, maybe so, like, but
1: i don't think we do that like if we were living in an area that wasn't as safe as as it is here i mean right. you know it's we're in this kind of but also it's safer suburban. in numbers
0: when all the parents yeah. let all their kids do it the right. other kids are witnesses yep. if it's just your kids
2: yeah. then some west yeah. memphis three can shit can go down yeah. or whatever you know well i was going to say that that phenomenon that occurred naturally with your neighborhood could be something people do proactively like if right, you're right. in the position you were b- at the beginning that you're thinking about having your kid walk, well, what if you knock on all the neighbors doors or if you have a facebook group and say mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. if we start having our kids go there together as a group that's an interesting idea well just yeah, even left to play
0: actually. to without supervision that's key
2: and we that too. up oh, yeah. right? that's separate from that for sure we send yeah. those kids, kids don't out in even the yard get all
0: a chance the time to lord of the <laughs> fly shit anymore because there's always some parent well, hovering over it
1: so I told you mm-hmm. how like my daughter wrote this story and I think, I think Q is probably the same way. Right. Like, I mean, you let Q play independently with creative shit all the time. Like I know he does his Legos and shit like that. Uh-huh. Right. Like, um, and like, it's really important for kids to just like have like free play without like a lot of structure. Sucks that he's like, our they- only
0: child. So he gets like lonely and bored I, with-
1: dude. I can't with- imagine only child during COVID too. Fucking that's terrible. I mean, luckily uh, it's basically uh, a fucking eight year old, but that yeah, helps. But, uh, <laughs> That's what play we were talking matters about matters so much. Like they need that opportunity to just like make their own rules and figure and, yeah, out. Yeah, work out
0: the hierarchy of who's the alpha, who's the bully, who's gonna run shit, who's not. Like that's all natural stuff that we all come in like puppeteers trying to dictate yeah. and no one's the alpha. It's like it's they know it's a fallacy because then they have those moments alone in school bathrooms or someone gets their ass kicked
1: or whatever, you know. Yeah, know. like dude, I'm so like it's funny you talk about that. So like this this anti-bullying stuff, right? Like on the one hand, I'm so for it if it's achievable. On the other hand, I really doubt it is, and that's coming from a place of like where I I was like the subject of extreme bullying as a kid. Like I was I was bullied like crazy. For what?
0: Um, what's that? Why? Like what? What? So what I did mean, they? What did they? Really hone in small on. Small town,
1: rural, like. Um, town of three thousand, mostly white people um almost all white like we had like one person of color in our school of 200 people and 200 they still people. bullied you instead of him damn i'm just right. kidding <laughs> there you go um but you know like i was i was the artsy kid and then we weren't townies um like we we moved in um and like i just did not fit in with nate this, worship satan this D
0: &D? and D
1: fucking devil worshiper, all that stuff. Right. And like, (laughs) and like, you know, I mean, I, I was, I was a nerdy little kid, dude. Like, I mean, it just is what it is. Like that was the case. And I think I was, you know, probably really sensitive and stuff as well. And so Mm -hmm. people just lashed onto that. But the thing was that it was the school system of 200 people from, from kindergarten through sixth grade. Mm -hmm. So you'd never escaped your, your Mm -hmm. spot in the pecking order ever. Like once that was established, that was that, and there was no way mm -hmm. out. And it was that way all the way through um, ninth grade for me because I stayed in that town. And then I went to a different school and like my life changed in one day. Um, and it was it was so shocking how quickly it changed. Did you uh,
0: make a decision like I'm going to go there and yeah? Because I couldn't. Be as a clean I slate to be a new person. I we got that in the military family. Kid. Every yeah, two yeah, years, I, we I, got to yeah. reinvent ourselves. Every
2: two years. When I say
1: bullied, like dude, I, I got up like, to, beat up like, in, I, in the I, locker rooms like, and slammed into lockers every single day and called faggot uh, every single day. Uh, and and I'm sorry. Did
2: you fight back much, or did you like physically fight back? Or all the
1: time. I had eighteen detentions in eighth grade for fighting um
2: like and it didn't stop the people bullying you it like no
1: i mean you know no. i won some fights and i lost some fights i had my nose uh-huh. broken in eighth grade like um and like what then you, know, you know it's just, all
0: just bullies hurt people hurt people you dude, know all those honestly, kids are like, catching here's me that the fucked up shit. thing is i
1: i went to a reunion with those people when i was like that's interesting 25 or some shit i don't know i don't yeah, know let's Write a in short 20s. story about
2: that shit yeah and, that sounds familiar i think someone mentioned like, that
1: they were almost all super cool like you know like everybody kind of like reached adulthood and like
0: they're not living under their oppressive parents and shit anymore. Yeah, like, a lot of yeah. it was just and it was just really
1: frustrating like part of me almost wanted them to suck you know like having mm-hmm. lived through that trauma yeah, yeah, and yeah. not seen them for Some 10 justice. years and they were just like they were cool people and like it's just kind of like it was a yeah. weird thing in and, and to to go through that trauma and then recognize that like that's just what kids do you know
0: mm-hmm. um, so humans do so, kids are just little humans no, in i would the love making, to think man. that
1: like we can we can move past that and maybe we can like i mean the human race has certainly improved over several thousand years um but i don't know man like, the
0: move is to all right well you know the gracies who created brazilian jiu-jitsu and shit if yeah. you use the actual gracie program they have a kids program and it's perfectly named i think this is the key it's bully proof you got to bully proof your kids verse dictating to the world that we can't be bullies or whatever because it's just unrealistic like you mm-hmm. said you got to make sure your kids are confident know how to handle themselves know how to report bullying to the right people Dude, know how to you, advocate for themselves and choke a motherfucker out but let almost. me tell you this right well, that's so, why like,
1: i brought my dad like my dad literally when i was a kid i, I shouldn't say this because i don't want to get well fuck, he can't get in trouble he's like almost yeah he's older now <laughs> so um but anyway so he, score uh, like a... he like tried to like he literally like was like trying to like get me like to learn karate and shit like right. to protect myself but they also like they would call like the dean and like the principal all the time and be like this is fucked up like Nothing ever changed. Like, yeah, you know, why would like you
2: they, in trouble for that? I mean, that's like, what should be done.
1: I mean, it, it, I thought you are gonna changed. say packed a gun in your bag or something. Uh, <laughs> These kids did, fuck with you, dude. I, and you know I, what? It, I, I it's did hard in knife to school once. Like, you know, right, I never yeah. did anything with it, but like, well, I, mean, I was gonna. I was say, the reason kid. I
2: asked earlier and this kind of alludes to what Jay was saying about being able to, um, you know, like if you need to shut that shit down. That that's why I ask that all the time about bullies because I've had a few and I remember. D- just unleashing on them to the point they just, like, stopped. Like, uh, I think I just fucking went nuts, you know, <laughs> enough to just,
1: like... <laughs> you, yeah, the, dude, I don't know. You're like, scared I, like, I, like, you that, that
2: leverage thing. You gained a little leverage
0: by showing you could be a crazed, cornered animal that will fuck like, something up if they fuck with you too much, you know? Uh, yeah, I
2: mean... But uh, I, I know, know that's not always going to be the case. I think it's just yeah. anecdotal, you know? That's yeah, why, yeah. but I'm super curious. I mean,
1: it because, it's, it's a mob mentality thing, right? Like, so the weird thing is, like, some of these kids who would you know gang up on me um at school i like i then like would invite me over to their house a few weeks later and yeah, we'd hang out yeah. like so, yeah, you know it's just that to well to them, them it's
0: normative out. though if they're catching that kind of shit at home and then they're externalizing right. that internal mm-hmm. shit to them so, it's just normal life know. and you know I-
1: I, I don't like I mean dude I'm in my mid thirties now I don't hold that shit against anybody anymore yeah, like but it was certainly all, traumatizing yeah. and absolutely had an effect well, on me. Let, let me ask today. you this because well, we that's why touch we on write them.
2: what we write. The type of you right. know material we get into is based on the, those kinds of experiences. Go ahead, Jay. Well, we wanted to touch on this
0: religious awakening. Yeah, go for or, it because that's some oh, yeah. good over the years. Too. But I I wanted to know first off as someone who was raised in a Christian home. Very Christian. I took. I got the impression over the years. Well,
1: it, that's true that, too. But that, did you
0: forgive all of them? Do you think that Christianity armed you to forgive these bullies better? Mm. Well, all right. So here's because the forgiveness thing is usually for yourself. It you forgive
1: others for yourself,
0: not for them, right?
1: So, so here's my background as a Christian. um Like we always went to church and shit like that when I was a kid. um But at like fourteen. Around that time, just bef- just as like, I was really, I was like leaning way into like the punk rock and rebellious stuff. I think just because like fuck you to everybody. I was still in ninth grade, so still at that other mm-hmm. school. Angsty. Um, super angsty. Um, did you wear like jenkos and shit? For a little while, yeah, and then I kind of went more to like the underground, like like straight punk and hardcore scene. Uh, I remember
0: seeing some videos you shot in high school, like house basement.
1: Oh yeah, dude. I, like, that was like shit. my first stuff was like directing yes. music videos and stuff. And I was in bands and stuff and uh, as well, like I said, I'm a, i am I was a dabbler. Um, and so anyway,
0: it's a great like, punk I, name. The dabbler. We always
1: went to church yes, and then like, I met some people who were like these punk rock street missionaries. Um, Interesting. Uh, cause I would, I would kind of like hang out like, um, and you know, so I met some people like that and they invited me to this evangelical church except it was like a cool church um and that was like my introduction to
0: real oh so it wasn't even your family no um my That's parents still believe yeah.
1: my, my parents are still christians but they're not like fundy um
0: so they think you were you know, kind of over the top with it for they, a minute.
1: but here's the funny thing is like they started coming <laughs> to church with me a couple of years later Interesting. and then we all kind of got into that for a while and now and, they, and so I got heavily into, like, that stuff. Um, and and my wife was in that world, too. And so, like, and we met each other. But she was, like, in that kind of, like, again, like, you know, punk rock. Like, this. it's this weird space, dude. Like, um, of, like, well, rebellious so issues, inside yeah. of the evangelical Christian Christianity. Punk. And so she was already in that. And that's how I met her It was through that. And we actually, like, we were in, like, a band together and shit. And oh. we used to, like, travel across the countries to go to these – five-day-long camping christian hardcore metal punk festivals and so it, was, it was actually super fun it was fucking like a awesome. documentary about that um, shit that dude, like that shit was a blast like i had a great time doing that um but like the world was fucked up like in a lot of ways like there were a lot of great things about it like a lot of the community aspects were really good but like there was it was very culty in some ways uh-huh. um and so, like, I was, like, heavily into that and, like, started, like, leading Bible studies and stuff. And, like, we were kind of into that until, like, our early to mid-20s. And my wife actually left it first. And I was really upset because, like, you know, somebody leaves behind Christianity. <laughs> A picture and, like, young
0: mate, like, what are you doing to Yeah, her? when you she really think mean I literally that thought, stuff, you think I, your soul is. I
1: literally it? thought she was yes. going to hell. Like, right. I, I yeah. thought my wife was Jesus. going to hell. Like, the person that I love most in the world is going to go to hell. Like, that was really, really dramatic, you know um and but like i followed behind her probably within a year well, later I'm um,
2: curious about the specific mechanics of what i wish we got into this like first. 10 minutes into this because yeah I right yeah,
1: know, got to, all right so i gotta go hour. quick right you gotta come back
0: again but all right so i don't know how much time we have i don't um, know so we had no i'm gonna
1: out of respect to our family sure. um you know be a little vague here but we had a uh, a really really traumatic death in the family mm. um and um like that it just shook us to i think core. i know
0: the one you mean but yeah, yeah i'm
1: sure you do yeah. um and it absolutely shook us to our core and so like we had been praying for this person for a very long time and so had like hundreds of other people and the bible's very clear and we believed every single word of this fucking text that like if you pray for something earnestly like god will give that to you and you know like we were like, well, maybe we didn't pray properly, but Mm -hmm. out of all these hundreds of people, somebody had to, and like, but this person died anyway. And they were very young. And, um, so that was kind of like a, just a little shock to the system. And almost nobody from our church came out to the funeral after like, we were heavily involved in this place. Mm. And so that was weird. And so Megan, my wife just, she couldn't go and face them. So she didn't go back to church after that. And I went for like a year. Um without her, which was really, really weird. That's awful. Like
0: every time you come home from hell's
1: church.
2: (laughs) Right. But like
1: like, I'd always enjoyed science and read a lot of stuff and somehow managed to make like the creation myths work with science. Like I, you know, there are books out there that hey, there are famous scientists who are religious as shit. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, doesn't make sense. At some point, I don't remember what the trigger was, I wish I did. The doctrine of hell just fell away from me. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And like, I had a bunch of friends who were gay, but like, I believed that homosexuality was a sin. And that was like, you know, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And it was just this house of cards that started falling away very quickly. Once I gave up a couple of things, like, because again, everything had to be logic-based. It was like, Mm -hmm. well, I can't believe in like, you know, dogmatically in this whole text and pick and choose. Like if, if this yeah. doesn't if I don't believe this You have to take it all
2: or nothing, basically. It's right, right, it's all or nothing. You can't so think it invalidates anything.
0: Right. You're so lucky that you had a dad who broke out the graph paper, graphed <laughs> right. out a video right. game. So totally logic better. was have, part of your dude, I am subset so subset. Like, because if I have and you found the evangelical shit late though. I'm saying if you had yeah. been indoctrinated by your own family, you're fucked.
1: I think so. Yeah. Um
0: so hard. Like you see like that we Megan Ellis Roper. Up, I have
1: great parents and I can't say enough about like what that has done to set me up for life. Like, I mean, like they're just really, really good and smart and interesting people. Your parents sound amazing. Sometimes they're a like,
0: damn, I wish Nate's parents were my
1: parents. <laughs> they're, they're pretty yeah. awesome. They'll probably be a banker or something. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another that that's another hard out episode. Um but anyway, so like I the house of cards fell apart and it was just like I you know, and so for a while I, I kind of believed in God, but I was I was like it, it was very ethereal. And then I just became more and more agnostic and um, started, you know, leaning into science and, and skepticism a lot more. And there was this short period of where I was very, very hard atheist and angry, and now I'm just kind of like I mean, I don't really know what's out there, but I definitely don't believe in the Christian Judeo God. Yeah, this so.
2: specific,
0: like, right. <laughs> that uh, that yeah. militant atheist shit might have been one of the things we bonded over. Cause I don't know if you remember, I used to be yeah. way more yeah, militantly like, atheist.
1: Yeah, I've got a Dawkins book back on that shelf there. So,
0: yeah. Um, well, I remember though, Facebook, I'd be blasting that shit all the time. And then
1: I'm sure. Yeah. Kind actually, of when I, our, I remember some sisters though found to do about us. That. When
0: those sisters found us, I'm like, all right, now we got a lot of family who's religious. And yeah. then uh, Q going to the gym. I'm like, all right, I'm meeting all these fighters who are super religious, but I respect the shit out of these
1: guys. So I don't want to be offending all the time. And then listen, I like that, the whole theory that people... we're in a computer simulation. I think that works well. <laughs> you. Yeah. Doug.
0: You got to see our um, episode with Doug.
2: There's no free will, dude. So. Doug Johnson. <laughs> but militant atheist that's such a misnomer really because you think of a militant anything else militant like actually, i actually have a t-shirt <laughs> of that That's a like militant, that's shit up. Shit out there. right yeah,
0: and then militant atheist is a guy like reading to his richard kid, carl sagan book or some shit right exactly you know just getting a little
2: fucking uh you know but
0: it's not a militant with atheist. Their fucking argument <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah that's militant. what it's
0: a militant atheist is one who not dehumanizes, but definitely shits on and degrades, yeah. looks down on the religious. Of and I've come yeah. to the conclusion though, you got to meet people where they're at. We were all yes. programmed with this shit. You can't. Yeah, you just got to them like, arrive at. Go ahead, Chris. Well, you had one of the best analogies ever. You said, "I don't hate cancer patients. I have a problem with cancer, but it's you got to be careful to not insult cancer patients when you insult cancer. That's what it is when you In talk shit scenario. about religion. You know what I mean?" Right. It's like, I feel like there's somebody who's infected with this thing, and I want to point out how I think that thing is a negative, but I got to do it in a way that doesn't say they're a negative. You know, people's egos are run amok. That's really the key to all this shit is ego, you know? Pretty much everything. The bullying you ego dealt with, why we want to write. Like, shit, you talk about writing. George Orwell wrote that great essay, Why I Write. The number one reason was ego. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like ego's behind all-, all this shit. Yeah. I mean, other than your basic needs, you know, like what other motivator is there? The, you know, pyramid of needs or what hierarchy of needs, Mar- Maslow, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maslow.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I uh, I don't know. Does that does that cover the Christianity stuff that you guys were curious about enough? Anything else on that or?
0: No, I think that's pretty good. I mean, it's always just. <sighs> I don't know how many people will watch this shit. Our audience is so small. We hope Cactus Jack will blow it up. And then who knows what kind of freaks will be our audience and shit. Right. But, uh, well maybe a lot of them might be Christian. Um, the point is don't take everything personally. When somebody takes exception to your religion, you don't have to defend it as a soldier would defend some ethos that he was born into. You know what I mean? Just, I don't know. And to the militant atheists out there as well, like, Totally. All, well, I, I brought up that Megan Ellis, Ellis Roper, Ellison Roper, whatever her name She was part of the God Hates Fags fucking family. She defected from that family, but it happened through Twitter, which is interesting as hell to me. She met her husband, who was this Twitter guy, but what he did was he practiced over months and months the Socratic method. He just kept asking her questions. Oh, that's interesting. You think that. Why do you think that is? Well, but if you think this, isn't this kind of weird? You know? We go in so hard in the paint all the time on this shit. It's fucking yeah. stupid that you believe this. like, no, well, just all you got to do is ask questions. I think that's one thing that we, revealed,
1: you know? we line up really well on. It's like, we're really big on listening to people that we don't agree with. Absolutely. Know? And it's weird how many people get freaked out by that. Like they suddenly think that because I'm willing to listen to somebody that means that I'm on their side, which That's crazy could be, to me, like, it's I'm not even close to there, you know, like not even close. I'm just going to listen, more you know, interested. Like, so, yeah, like, I'm way more well,
2: interested in hearing the you've evolved a lot with than someone. So that you, yeah. With. Yeah. For you sure. can understand.
0: And like Chris says all the time, I know how I think,
1: well, that is exactly. the thing actually. Right. So like, I know how much like my like the my entire like cognitive function has changed right like like my entire worldview like so I know if that's mm-hmm. possible like I probably probably everything that I think right now is not entirely one hundred percent correct I I know that that's true so I'm curious about things yeah and also I I believe that other people can change too because of that you know right exactly. that's why
0: we get into yeah. shit with. The- they who will not be named on Facebook eventually over the years as far as people are irredeemable, the deplorables and the deplorable bad. Yeah, I don't believe that. It, I don't believe that at not. all. Because I, I, I know... Doomed this if, we if anything,
2: that. you need to like pr- promote the idea that it's the complete opposite because that's what we want to happen. You know, you want to encourage the idea that people can change their views without... Like the whole flip-flop, flip-flopping thing with candidates that people criticize. Like... Feel free to flip flop if it's because you arrived at the, a different conclusion based on thinking. Right, it as
1: long as it doesn't really seem like predictor. it's like for money or votes or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Not, it's not pandering. That at all.
2: But the doing. Like, it
1: I, I would hope somebody you... would evolve
2: in
0: forty years. Jesus, like right, you know. Well, say what you want, like about Tulsi Gabbard. She's a fucking you know lightning rod. But like she said, we make peace with enemies, not with friends. Mm-hmm. That's huge. All these people who want to echo chamber each point. other and like what well, like she shouldn't go talk to fucking Assad. no yeah. you make peace with enemies you have to talk to the people you don't agree with that's the only way you get to this shit and they want to just i mean what i don't know what you think about trump and this whole thing getting kicked off twitter but like parlor to me exists only because facebook and twitter wouldn't let people say crazy shit so then and you force you- them into their
2: echo chamber and now you have an echo chamber because you forced all them into right. that one and i mean when you're talking about ideas what better way to process with them and deal with them than to use the same forum and let them be aired and you know totally picked apart and ridiculed and some people just are never going to change because they're fucking amygdala is a certain (laughs)